Well, good morning, wonderful church family. Um, it is a real privilege for Sue and I to join with you anyway as a family, but also to be able to share with you today. And um, I'm really conscious that this church family is on an extraordinary journey with uh, wonderful <coughs> highs and challenges and even losses like this week. We're really conscious we're joining in with an extraordinary journey. But I think for Sue and I, we do want to commend you as a wonderful family who persevere, keep going, keep chasing God's promises through all those highs and lows. So for us to join with you today, as I said, is uh, just a huge privilege. And I wish I could see all your faces. This is just crazy, but I, I'm sure in your homes, uh, you know, we just wish we could see you face to face. But um, just before sharing what I wanted to share, I want to read out a, 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 a short amount of a prophecy that was sent to me. I, I realize there are just hundreds of prophecies everywhere, you know, which you're probably listening to. But this one struck me, and I wanted to read the first part of it to you uh, that goes like this. <clears throat> this is uh, about a couple of weeks ago, I think. Over the last few weeks, I have been feeling the Lord's heart to encourage those who are in and have been in the battle places more than ever. The heart of the Lord has gripped me strongly as I felt his love and his encouragement for these battle-weary saints. As I sat with the Lord, I heard the Lord speaking over these ones, I am restoring your roar. And uh, I don't want to kind of do a big G up prophecy, but as I read that, for the first time for a long time, even in my own spirit, I felt a kind of strange stirring as though in these days, especially for those who've become battle weary because you've just kept going, kept battling, I want to suggest to you at least that if the Lion of Judah is beginning to roar again over his people, it will endue you with fresh strength, fresh encouragement, and some kind of um, new strength for what's to come that the Lord himself only can do. And as soon as I'd had that come to me on my phone, I, about two days after that, there was another prophecy about the roar, and then a third time about the roar. And the third time says, when you hear his roar, run to that roar, for it will give you a new strength for what's yet to come. So I hope it's just an encouragement, as we've already been hearing this morning, the Lord wants to strengthen battle-weary saints. And we bless you with that, because I believe it's going to happen in this city in Bath. So I gather, or I know that you've been um, uh, focusing on the word simplify. Simplify. Make simple. And I know that that's involving this month the whole issue of, of uh, one thing. And I want to just come on the back of, uh, I know Jonathan shared a couple of weeks ago about uh, uh, sitting at Jesus' feet and the story of Martha and Mary. It's just a beautiful way he provoked that in our hearts at the start of the year. And I know last week Josh shared from uh, Psalm 23 uh, about the just extraordinary nature of Jesus shepherding. I shall not be in 
want and the valleys and all of that that Josh shared last week. And I, I sort of come in on the back of that whole idea of focus on the one thing. Um, I, I wonder in this extraordinary season we're in, above all, whether there's a new focus coming back on the beauty and wonder of who Jesus really is to us. I wonder whether we're being drawn to see him afresh beyond where we've ever been. Um, I'm reminded, uh, if I can put it this way, of, of the Old Testament um, uh, stories of the high priest going into the tabernacle, you remember it, and the temple later on, that the high priest would start in the outer courts where all the people were thronging and gathered. But he'd have to leave the throngs of people that were in the outer courts to begin to go through the holy place so that he could push through all the veils and then come into the most holy place, which was covered with gold that represented the very glory and presence of God. And this human being would come through those veils until he was in the very presence of the Lord himself. And I want to suggest to you that in this season, we've been invited to some degree to leave the throngs and gatherings of many people that we love, but it's for a purpose because the Lord wants to draw us to a new place with Him alone so that we can behold Him in a new way. Um, you know, veils are interesting, aren't they? Veils that are in front of us that stop us seeing Him are often veils like, I don't know, shame, unworthiness. I don't ever get it right. I'm sure He's not that pleased. All that stuff, the veils, the Lord wants to take them away. And it's interesting, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, it says this, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veils are taken away. Wow. Think about it. Whenever, whenever, any moment, any time, any place, anyone, so this is very inclusive today, anyone turn, just turns, just an inner attentiveness to him, the veils are taken away because the blood of Jesus has paid for it in the holy place. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Three ways, three play, uh, starts, you know, to the journey. And uh, I love the fact the veils have been removed, and you need to know it and believe it. He's taken shame away. He's taken unworthiness away. He's taken every last little undermining question. He's removed it by the power of his blood and said, come to me. Uh, I started, I, I want to tell you my own personal story. I, I, I can't see your faces, so I can get away with it. But... Um, in this whole matter of rediscovering an encounter with Jesus that makes him central again above everything else. So last year, January, um, I, I just looked at the clock and I can't remember when I started, but okay. Uh, last January 2020, uh, I was just beginning of the year with some time aside and remember nothing had happened about COVID or anything. And uh, I was just sat there and I'd heard this word reset 
that many of the prophets were saying at the time that the Lord was going to be resetting his people. And I was attracted to that word because it felt very, very powerful if the Lord was going to reset something. But how many of you know often that starts in our own hearts before anybody else? I believe we're leaving the throngs of people so that he can reset something very precious inside us first before we are back into those throngs of people. Anyways, I was sat at the beginning of last year, and I was reading the story of Jacob. I don't even know why. And a scripture jumped out at me from the story of Jacob. I think it's Genesis 28. And it, you remember the story when Jacob is running away, and he lies down on a stone you know, pillow. Huh, and, um, and, and he has this extraordinary dream about the angels going up and down and all of that stuff. You'll remember it, I'm sure. But this is the scripture that hit me. It says, but when Jacob awoke from his sleep he said this surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it and for some reason it jumped out at me as though I thought oh my goodness I think that's how I feel surely the Lord is in this place that I'm in and I was not aware of it. Isn't it interesting that he had to wake up to realize what he didn't have but was very clearly there. The Lord is in this place. And I, I, I just wasn't aware of it. Anyways, I was so challenged. I don't know what it was. I, I couldn't shake it off. I began to get deeply hungry to discover something of that in my life that was beyond what I'd ever had before. He's in the place I'm in, and I just wasn't aware of it. And I must wake up from my sleep if I'm to discover the wonder of just how much he's with me manifestly wherever I am. I've got to wake up in some way. And, and this is very personal, and maybe you're, this is so simple, but it started a journey in January last year. And um, what happened? Oh, I remember what happened. I got really ill in January. Now, you have to understand, I'm a very busy person. I love busyness. I love action. I love adventure. I love going. I like fullness. And suddenly, I'm pinned down with an illness for weeks and weeks on my sofa at home with my lovely wife serving me and canceling my diary. And that kind of went on into February. And I, I thought, God, when am I going to get back to action again? And then COVID comes. And it's locked down. And I'm, I'm very aware because I cried out in January, God, please wake me up so I'm aware of you far more in my life than I've ever been. I need you to do that. Then I'm suddenly aware all these things are happening and I'm pinned at home. But I could feel the pull of his love to come afresh to the secret place that I'm going to come back to in a minute, the secret place. And uh, as I've said, if you know me, I, I just love action. I love the adventure. I like, I just love, go and suddenly it was all cleared away. And I was aware that, this may sound strange to you, I was aware that actually I'd never stopped properly in my life to be still. I hadn't. I was aware deep down 
of a restlessness, uh, always busy, as though I was avoiding the most precious thing because I wasn't sure whether I'd ever find it if I let go of everything I did. And this restlessness inside me, this busyness, and I, I got, you know, we all got our personalities, but this is different. This was an inability to be still. And I realized I was on a journey at that point where, because everything had closed down, there was a pull from the Lord, will you come aside to me and will you be still? And I remember saying to the Lord uh, so many times, God, I feel bankrupt in this area. I don't really know how to be still. Does this sound very simple to you? There's nobody here. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how to be still and know who you really are. I don't know how to be on my own without risk wishing I could phone a friend or somebody else be in the room, but you have to leave the crowds and come through the holy place, the truth about who you really are, to begin a new place in the secret place of being with him. And through March and April and May and so on, I began to practice it. I began to sit still. I began to sit still on my own for long periods of time and I began to worship him and give him more and more of my attention. Was it easy? No. It was so hard. You know, I kind of look at my watch or just, oh, the phone's just pinged. I'll pick the phone up or whatever distraction I realized how much I developed a degree of distracted busyness where I never really gave him all of my heart just for him it was a long journey month after month I practice being still and loving him I haven't mentioned any scriptures and I can't remember what I'm going to say next. Oh, I know. Yeah, this is really good. And so then, and then I was very aware of Matthew 6. It always has been in my mind. I, I wish I could turn the scriptures, but just bear with me. Matthew 6, 6. And it, it talks about Jesus saying, but when you pray, and it's on the back of talking about the hypocrites when they pray, where is it? It's in the crowds. It's amongst the throng. It's those who can see and say, oh, look at how godly they are, the way they pray out loud amongst crowds. Do you see the parallel? But the pull of the Lord is, I want you in the secret place. So Jesus says, they do that, and they have their reward in full. What's the reward? It's the approval of man. But Jesus says, but when you pray, Go into your room, shut the door, which means shut all the other noise out, the distractions, the pulls, your phone, the da-da-da, the people. And you know, I realized how often I'd come into the secret place and I'd bring people with me, if you like. They'd be in my mind and I'd be, you know, concerned about this, concerned about that, and Jesus this. And suddenly I think shutting the door is shutting everything that gets in the way of love. And I realized to shut the door, I needed to practice doing that as well. He says, shut the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. In 
then he says this, but your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. Guys, that's profound, isn't it? That's our greatest invitation, is to shut everything out and be with your father and with his son. And the father says, I can see it. Yeah, but in the secret place, there's no one else knowing me. No one's acclaiming me. No one's approving of me. No one's talking to me about destiny or... <gasps> yeah, that's the deal. That's the deal. So you say, well, what's the reward the father gives? I tell you the reward the Father gives. You get Him. You get Him in the way deep down you long for. You get His very presence and His face and His shining into you in the way you were made for. That's where it happens. That reward is Him. You have to shut the door. Everything else out. You know, I'm, I'm kind of nervous of talking about intimacy with him when it isn't real. You can have a language, can't you? Almost kind of the talk about intimacy. And I think, oh God, I'd, I want to actually have it so much. I don't have to exaggerate it. In fact, even today, you will only catch what's real in my life, not my words. But I honestly believe the Spirit of God is for so many people is saying, will you come into that secret place and renew love with me? Because it's an essential preparation for what is yet to come when there be many peoples around again. But right now, this is a season of intense and intentional preparation by God of his people. So it's easy for you. I think we've all got our challenges. We've all got our, you know, even sorrows and, you know, all of us. But I honestly believe the Holy Spirit is saying this one thing, this one thing, this one thing. Will you take the opportunity to come to the secret place? And it may not, I mean, I, we, I've got a room at home. I kind of got excited in summer and developed a room where I could sit and, just enjoy him and um, it doesn't have to be a room does it it's actually the internal attention you often give him during the day but you've got to develop it somewhere where it's so developed it becomes more and more the pattern of your day surely God is in this place and I'm now aware of it and for me I think Something profound has changed in this last year. Something's happened where that place feels more like home than being out in the crowd. That place feels where I actually really do want to go rather than, oh, crumbs, I better go and sit for a bit just to tell him I love him. No, 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 it's the home where he wants us to live. Because I, I believe what's coming is going to be so shaking. But those who've got that place with him, you know Psalm 16 says this, it says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord because he's at my right hand. I will not be shaken. 
it's taking me ages to keep my eyes on him as much as I can in the daytime. Why? Because that's where my help comes from. Can I just add one further thing? Jonathan's, yeah, just one quick thing that's been part of that journey of rediscovering where I really belong. I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit makes a way for you to so enjoy being still with him. But let me tell you one thing I discovered that was so helpful, and this, this again sounds so simple. When I began that journey of making it a habit to sit still, I realized how vital it was to deep down realize how much he likes me. How much he really, really wants me. And if you've been on the journey I've been on, you'll realize some of those veils sometimes can still flap about a bit when you're trying to get close to him and spoil the wonder of being so enjoyed by him. I think it's essential we discover that if we're going to enjoy the secret place. You have to know he really, really enjoys you. And the veils are gone. Whenever anyone turns, the veil's taken away. Why, he can't bear a veil to be there. And I had to kind of go through that strange thing of thinking, do you really? Do you really? There's a wonderful verse in uh, Song of Solomon 7. And it says this. It says, Song of Solomon 7, verse 10. You can look at it later. It says, I belong to my lover. Well, how about that for a start? We all want to belong somewhere. I belong to my lover, and his desire is for me. Wow. And many of us have got histories of stuff where, you know, and you know this, where, where somehow, yeah, I don't have shame anymore, but there's some little flapping veils that sometimes spoil the deep down awareness his desire isn't for my ministry, my work, my achievement, you know, my uh, fruitfulness, my... It, it, his desire isn't for me to come in with that. His desire actually is for me. Why? Because you were made for that kind of love. I want to suggest to you, if I may, that not only is that the reward of the cross for you anyways, but it's essential that you develop it now because shakings to come will mean if you've got that anchored place, you won't be shaken. I want to suggest to you there's a great draw on his people out of the crowd to be with him, Jesus. Jesus. To be able to sit and worship and look him in the face, no veil, until you behold him. Let me finish with this. It's a scripture been in my head this morning, and so I'll just say it, and last night. Isaiah 6, jumping. In the year King Uzziah died, that's a big event at that time 
in the politics and social life of the nation. In the year King Uzziah died, something big was happening. It would have been all over the news. Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. And you remember the great scene of heaven that he sees. I suggest to you that the sounds of this earth need to be faded at this time so that you discover Jesus in such a glorious way that the rest of your journey is beginning to change because of his face shining on your face. Uh, I found this phrase last year. Behold, listen, behold the one who beholds you and smiles. Behold the one who beholds you and smiles. And then someone else said something like this. They said, Lord, I want the smile that's in your eyes to linger in my heart. I want to be caught with this wonder of you, Jesus, rather than the news on the earth overwhelming me with anxiety. Do you understand? In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. This is available, folks, to all of us in a fresh way. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to sing an old song which is going to embarrass my wife at least. But I'm going to invite you to sing it if you know it in your home after I've prayed. It's just coming to me now and I hope I don't murder it. But I'm going to pray first. Just put your hand on your heart wherever you are in your home. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Jesus. I ask you today for every man and woman listening. Set a fresh fire in our hearts. Draw us deeper into your heart at this time. Give us grace to let go of all the other noise and sound. And like David of old, this one thing have I asked for. One thing. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Lord, I ask you, you will create many lovers in this church whose hearts are freshly visited at this time with your presence. Things of 
of his glory and grace. Just sing it in your home. Just sing it quietly. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of Strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace, and the things and the things of strangely in the light of his glory and praise mm. Oh.